Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, I'm doing okay. Uh, not the not the best day to be a baseball fan, but you know, thank God I'm a Seattle Mariners fan, lifelong Seattle Mariners fan. Uh, and excited to talk about the second to last day of the season. Uh, still a lot going on within the AL wildcard race. Uh, I had to watch a tough college football game today as Syracuse gets beat at the buzzer with a field goal. And yeah, I mean, just not the best day to be a sports fan for me, but overall, I, you know, I can't complain. I'm at college. I have a good life going for me. So overall, not too bad, I guess. You aren't starving. That's what's important, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead. Um, I think it's really no surprise here that we are going to be almost exclusively talking about the American League here as, Brandon, this American League is shaping up to be everything we thought it would be and then some. Um, it very much appears that there's really no way that we don't end up with, I believe it's going to be. We're pretty much guaranteed a game 163 on Monday, unless yes. something astronomical was to happen. 
which yes. I don't even think is possible at this point. Um, but what I was going to say is we're going to end up with seven teams above 90 wins. Yes, and it will be four teams in the, in the AL East above 90 wins, which is the first time that has happened, I believe, since the 1978 American League East. Wow. Very impressive. Uh, very strong. LJ, we said this quite a few times. The AL East is what we thought the NL East would be, and then some. Oh, absolutely. Look, I think we all thought it would be really close at the top of the wild card right now. But honestly, in my case, I thought we would be talking about a lot worse records. We have a situation here where we could end up with um, of the wild card contenders right now, we could end up with 292 win teams and 291 win teams competing at the end of the year. Like, I thought with the amount of competition we have here, we also were assuming that we'd get a team like Minnesota, or get a team like the Angels, even get Oakland a little closer to the middle of that pack as well. There's a lot of good teams. So I guess really my, actually my points of contention are Angels and the Twins, excuse me. But we thought those teams were going to be a lot better. It was all going to be very close. I was expecting it to be, you know, a couple games above 500, talking about a mid to high 80s, 80 win team getting into this wild card. But this has taken an entirely another level. It certainly has. And uh, let's get right into it as the first game we're going to start off with is the Yankees and the Rays. Uh, the Rays end up winning 12 to 2. They win their 100th game of the season for the first time in their franchise's history. Uh, basically, this was the Brandon Lau show. Three home runs, seven RBIs. Uh, he hits two three-run home runs in the first three innings. Jordan Montgomery with a very bad start, two and two-thirds, seven earned runs. Uh, look, I was joking at the start. Of course, I'm, I'm, I'm still a Yankees fan, uh, but... I just hope that at the end of the day, people don't hate on Jordan Montgomery's season for just this start because without him and without this pitching staff, what they've done so far, this team would not even be close to where we are right now. LJ, I think you can agree with that. Look, Jordan Montgomery has gone a lot way, a long way, and the team should be overall pleased with his development. The thing is, it's all right, maybe not the similar numbers, but based on experience and based on just what, how many big moments he's had to be in in his entire career, I think a fair assessment would be asking um, Nick Pavetta or somebody, you know, like a typical three or four, somebody who's been a three or four their entire career, asking them, to close out a uh, season, clinch a season against a really good team, there's a huge difference between doing that and then go looking to a Corey Kluber, a Garrett Cole. Like th there's a massive difference there, and you cannot forget that. No, you can't. But um, I mean, look. As for the actual game, Yankees get embarrassed. It was uh, a lousy show, by the way. I was I wanted to wait till you were done with that stuff, but I think that's what you can call this. Lowser show. I like it. Um, 
I mean, had the Yankees had had won today, they would have clinched on their home field against their probably second biggest rival. Uh, it was so bad that Ken Singleton retired during the middle of the game from broadcasting, literally said that tomorrow will be his last game ever broadcasting. Uh, just wanted to give props to him. He's been calling Yankee games since prior to me being born. I haven't imagined or watched a Yankees season where Ken Singleton was not a part of the broadcast team. Uh, and the way that he brought it up today was actually pretty Pretty shocking. Uh, it's the middle of the fourth inning. Yankees are down seven to one. And it's the middle of a Randy or Rosarena at bat. And he just turns to Michael Kay goes, so Michael, uh, tomorrow's going to be my last game. And Michael's like, well, yeah, like tomorrow's last game of the season. And he goes, no, like forever. And Michael Kay was almost apoplectic to hear this. I mean, Ken Singleton then goes into this very long-winded uh thank you thanking the Steinbrenner family everyone at Yes Network and then he finally gets to Michael Kay the man who he has to thank the most and they both were very very close to breaking down and crying during the middle of the inning which uh is look it was I, I almost got choked up watching it I mean just for a guy that I've been appreciated and watched for so long it was it was sad to see but He's announced his retirement a couple of times prior to this. Uh, the Yes Network executives were able to uh, bring him back, but he's officially done this time, and he will certainly be missed. As for the actual game, Yankees get embarrassed. Um, I think one of the big stories from the game people are talking about, Glaber Torres, there's a drop third strike that ends up going all the way to the backstop. He jogs the first base and ends up getting thrown out. Uh, Aaron Judge then gives him a pretty stern talking to on the bench. Very next inning, the – how old is Nelson Cruz? 40 – 41. 40. He is – Above 40. 41 years old. Uh, he beats out an infield single. It, it's just – amazing how completely different the philosophies are with these teams I mean it, it's insane to me that they just don't care LJ and how many times have I said this year oh the Yankees punted this game to get to the next week imagine if we didn't punt a dozen games this year if we won one of those games we could have had clinched at this point I've just never seen a franchise not care about the present and care so much about the future. And then when they get to the future, they just fall apart. People saying that this loss is on Aaron Boone have no idea what they're talking about. Jordan Montgomery got rocked. I mean, what are you going to do? He got rocked. It happens. This is the worst time for it to happen. But people were questioning Boone's management last night, not using our best relievers. Uh, I mean, if you go back and look, they're, people were mad because they brought in Domingo Herman instead of Lucas Lickey. It didn't make sense to use a lefty there. I mean, people get so recency biased and so like wanting to put the blame on someone other than the players, which look, I've put a lot of blame on Aaron Boone this year. These last two games, I, I can't put on him. I mean, we've scored three runs yesterday, two runs today. And we're facing mostly rookie pitchers. I mean, today, 
It was Shane Boz, JP Fireisen, Luis Patino, Matt Whistler, and Chris Mazza. I mean, that's who the Yankees face today. There's no one special in that, uh, uh, you know, there. There's no pitcher who is unhittable there, and we get four hits the whole day. Just an overall tough game. Uh, it is what it is. We get uh, Yankees are guaranteed to be playing in a game 163, even if they do lose tomorrow. A win would clinch them a wild card spot. But uh, really not much more to say than than that. Yeah. Um, first off, I can confirm there's nothing special about Chris Massa. I, I've experienced the event for 20 games. I, th- I think I'm, I think I'm good without it. Um, but I think the more interesting thing here is going forward, because not to rub salt in the wound or anything here, but this is possibly the worst situation for them to try to make a run in the postseason that you could possibly imagine right now. Let's go ahead and start with the fact that the Rays are really freaking good and they're playing are playing great right now. And I'm not sure what really slows them down. Brandon, maybe it's just something that's floating around in Boston. I have not up and look at full out looked at it for it, but is there rumor is the rumor correct that Garrett Cole will be starting on three days rest tomorrow? He will not be starting tomorrow. Not. It will be Jamison Tyone. It will be Tyone. Okay. Which I am completely fine with, to be fair. I would rather be, if we're guaranteed a game 163, if we get swept, I would hate to have Cole pitch and us lose tomorrow and then have to pitch Tyone in game 163. I'm fine with Cole for either game 163 or the wild card game. Tyone is, at some point, you're not going to be able to throw your best pitcher. Tyone has been good enough to where I'm confident in him tomorrow. Okay, because either way, you're not really in that comfortable a position. Look, I know I love Nestor Cortez. I've loved all the energy he's brought to the team, to the league this year, and he's pitched really well. But there's no doubt in my mind, four days rest, game 163, a trip to the postseason. You cannot, if you're in a 163, you cannot say you're in the postseason, even though it basically is postseason baseball. You can't say it. You have to bring in Garrett Cole there, correct? For game 163? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If if we don't pitch him, I will be pretty upset, especially if there was an option for tomorrow. There's no reason to not use him for that. And so if that's the case, then then you're trusting the next most important game of the season to Garrett Cole or to uh, Nestor Cortez. Which, honestly, what – Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Look, Seriously. I, I know, I know it's I know it's a much it's a much more favorable option than it looked like if Garrett Cole was starting tomorrow. If Garrett Cole was starting tomorrow, then Nestor Cortez is pitching the game 163 on a loss. And who ends up Tyone uh Montgomery starts the wild card game. You know, people uh, I was talking to a couple Yankee fans today. Why not have Sevy start and go like three innings and then you figure it out? I mean, like almost do like an inverse game, like inverse bullpen game. You know, he's back. He's been pitching good. What's saying he can't get you into at least a fourth inning of work? It's it's not a terrible idea. What I've thrown around with the Sox and really hope that's what they end up doing is there's no as, – as great a pitcher as he is, he's not fully back. He's not had that much work in him. Chris Sale isn't still isn't going deep into games. 
there's no reason to pitch him more than twice through the order, especially when you have Hauk right there, which as long as you don't use him, yeah, if you if you wait to use him till the wild card game, then he's going to have plenty of rest to give you one time through the order right after Chris Sale. Yeah. Like that, that seems, that makes a ton of sense to me. I was time. saying like a potential Seve to Cortez or Seve to Michael King. I just feel like you could get five really strong innings out of those two guys. And then this, this uh, bullpen that's actually stepped up as a late, you know, Clay Holmes and uh, sure. Joely Rodriguez didn't really pitch good today, but they brought him out for a third inning of work. Like this dude's a lefty specialist and we got him going three full innings to close the game out. I mean, it, <laughs> I just look we're going to get into the other games and exactly how the standings play or look right now. But the game 163 that is inevitable to happen, unless, well, no, it's not actually no, it's not inevitable. If both it's not inevitable. There's, win, it's it's very possible that there's not a game 163. It's more likely there's a game 163 than not, but I would say. Like, yeah. I just don't, I don't, I don't trust personally um Tyone to be able to stop this team I just if, don't. if we get swept it's one of the most embarrassing series losses like people you know LJ we've talked literally every day of the season on this show today is one of the worst feelings I've had after a loss in a long time and it's not even because of the score that score could have been five nothing uh four to three we needed this game more than anything today. Oh, absolutely. There's no it's, – it's absolutely brutal to no, go into a series knowing you just need one win and you're not able to get that. Well, so You have a very easy, very doable goal, and you're just not getting there. That's, that's absolutely brutally right. Well, the good thing about uh, the MLB, there's always tomorrow – and we just got to see here. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to, how, how they play tomorrow. LJ, not sure if you saw what the schedule is for tomorrow. Every single game will be starting between 3.05 and 3.20. All 15 games will be going on simultaneously. The only time in the MLB season when that happens, beautiful. It is. It's exciting. And, you know, Actually, isn't that exciting? Look, I mean, it, it works for me. It works for me, but because I would definitely end up wanting to watch whatever the primetime slot was. And I'm assuming, actually, I don't even know this. Are the Pats on? Primetime? It is Pats Bucks yeah, for Pat Sunday Bucks. Night Football. Tom like, Brady will be, be returning to Gillette Stadium. I was like 99% sure it was, but like, because like whoever is in charge of football at NBC would get fired if they passed up a chance to get Brady's return to New England on prime time. Like there's no reason to not have that there. So anyway, my point being, it makes things a lot easier for me to not have to worry about any games during that slot. But I don't know. I feel like it would have been, it, it gets, would it get higher? Would you get better ratings if you had a primetime game on at seven with a team or maybe two teams that were reasonable chances to get into the postseason or to get a division game? My perfect example would be 
And granted, you can flex most of these things throughout the season, but... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. (laughs) Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22 shopify.com slash free 22. If they'd put Rays Yankees at seven, like that's a heck of a game to watch. I mean, going into the season, those were the two, those were two division contenders, certainly playoff contenders going up against each other, or even another situation like Padres Giants. If that was looked to be like a, a, um, close, close call to get into the playoffs. Like that's just, I don't know. I think that's kind of could be a missed opportunity in terms of ratings, but I understand why they don't do it. And I like why they don't do it. Yeah. I mean, and the reason why they don't do it is because if there was ever a situation where a team needed another team to win or whatever, to get in, if they already know the result, it changes a lot of things. You might not, oh. you, you might not need to burn pitching or whatever. No, Having them all anybody. play at the same time is, is absolutely perfect for how they have it. And I think they do the same thing in like the world cup on the last day of the group stages. They have all the games happen at the exact same time to ensure that there's no kind of funny business going on. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anyway, moving on from that, next up, we got the Red Sox and the Nationals. The Red Sox managed to get the all-too-important win here as there is blood in the water. The Yankees have had have had that having already lost earlier in the day. The win meant that they with a win. Yeah, with with a win, they get home field for the wild card game. With with a loss there, of course down in a three-way tie with the Blue Jays and potentially the Mariners. So there's a lot of high stakes. It could be a four-way tie if the Yankees lose too. Yeah. Let me, let me get into that one. Cause I'm, I, I'm kind of getting excited on it and I'm not sure why. Um, anyway, they, this game is one, nothing until the eighth bottom of the eighth. Look, the Adam out of, you know, experience is getting too real at this point. It's just becoming a progressive decline throughout the season in which, in terms of how much I trust this guy, 
he's going out of his way for that stuff. But with that being said, actually, I have another complaint before we get into what this game means for the rest of the uh, league. I should also mention here, Tanner Houck, five innings, no hit, shutout, eight strikeouts here. Absolutely beautiful day by him. Clutch performance to the max. But what, what I question here is, okay, so what ends up happening is um, they have to do, you know, the pinch hitting switches, all of that. What ends up happening is Hunter Renfro ends up in center field for most of that game, not a center fielder, but Alex Verdugo is sitting there in left field the whole game. Um, look, I understand the arms there, but either way, Renfro doesn't have that great of range and he can play the position, but I still 120% love Verdugo's center more than Renfro's center. That ended up coming to bite us in the butt as he completely whiffs on a fly ball to center field here. He doesn't get charged with the error and it makes a lot of sense why as there was another one played wrong in the top of the ninth where the Red Sox go on to score uh, four runs by the left fielder for Washington. Something's up with those lights. And it feels like that type of thing has been happening more and more this year. I don't, I don't think there's anything changed, but I don't, don't, I don't remember seeing so many of these late games having egregious fly ball errors as there have been recently. And I'm not sure what's up with that. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely right. Joey Gallo actually dropped a ball the other night in Toronto. Which he also was, dropped one in, at Fenway. Right, I, and that's what I was getting to. Like, after he drops one at Fenway, after Dahlbeck, you know, drops one, DJ drops one, Christian Vasquez. One the night before. Yeah, I mean, crazy. And also, LJ, two things from the Red Sox Nationals game. First, uh, obviously, that big ninth inning catapults the Red Sox Beautiful. to the win. Uh, secondly, actually, another two more things. Sorry. Yesterday, the Red Sox have both J.D. Martinez and Kyle Schwarber in the outfield at the same time. Look, this is I mean, time, Brandon. But okay, LJ, any fly ball, you are guaranteed. Uh, that's just a terrible outfield makeup there. Your return on investment, whatever you want to call it, with those two out there is atrocious. It's like the two, two of the worst outfielders in the league in the same outfield. Yeah, but like they hit dingers. That's what we need against a very inexperienced pitching staff. And at the end of the day, it pretty much pretty well worked out. So I can't entirely complain about that, but look, that's not going to be an issue. I mean, as much as I would love one, I would not say that it's more likely that the Red Sox make the Super Bowl or world series. I've been watching football all day. Um, then not. If they did, I'd be a little nervous because after two years, Alex Cora's National League lineup building is suspect. But I do stand by that decision. You needed all the offense you could get into that, especially against a weak, inexperienced pitching staff. With that being said, Josiah Gray pitched very well. Today. That was my second thing. He looked outstanding today. 
six innings, one earned, seven strikeouts. That's a fantastic day by him, but still I think you need all of that you can get in there. But what excites me more is the fact he's finally putting Kike at second. Look, the guy's going to get gold glove votes at center in center field. I feel very strongly about the fact that he's going to at least get acknowledged by some guy, some people on that ballot, but he is going to have to play center field for this or second base for this playoffs, which makes no sense. He's been one of the best center fielders in the American league this year, but the talent level is just the talent drop at second is just too much. The other thing is, Brandon, I cannot justify in an American league game with the DH leaving Alex Verdugo on the bench. Now, I don't know exactly what your lineup is, but can Iglesias not start at second and you have uh, Kike in center? Iglesias is not eligible for the playoffs. <laughs> oh, my. So, who's going to – so, it's what? Chavis time for the playoffs? Chavis is on the Pirates. Who, who's getting – so, who's replacing Iglesias as – you know, for the playoffs. As the second baseman. All right. Kike is coming from seven, center to second, where he's been starting the last two games, where he, this is his primary position all year or his entire career. He's going to play second. Verdugo will play center. You'll have D, JD at DH, Schwarber in left, Renfro in right. You're still missing like a roster spot, though. What player is going to replace Iglesias on your playoff roster? Oh, oh, that's what you're asking? Yeah. Oh, probably a pitcher. I mean, you you guys will just opt for a pitcher instead of another infielder. I mean, if you, well, I mean, if you lack one? infield depth that you need to have your gold glove center fielder playing second base, I would figure you'd have someone who's eligible. Well, we the, the thing is, Brandon – is Danny Santana eligible to come back from the COVID list? Um, yeah. All right, so there you go. He's he's eligible, but Brandon, I'm not sure we necessarily need it. Explain to me what – how about this? Give me a – right, other than second base. Don't, don't ask me about second base, but everywhere else, give me an opportunity and I'll fill it because, I mean, everything everything but second is covered. I don't, I don't think we necessarily – Oh, wait, no, Arroyo, geez. Yeah, because if you're looking for a backup first baseman, you've got Schwarber and you've got Shaw. If you're looking for a backup third baseman, you got Dahlbeck, you got Shaw, you got Bogarts. If you're looking for a middle infielder, you've got Arroyo. I, th- I really think everything's covered. Yeah, I mean, no, I was, ju- I was just uh, curious, honestly, because yeah. – not having a Glacius for the playoff roster. I mean, he's genuinely been one of your best hitters in the month of September. So I was just, I was just curious as to, as to oh, yeah, what no, would he's do. absolutely brutal not to have him, but I would have to imagine realistically in a perfect world where um, everybody got healthy. If ever, if this is a healthy team, that's the other thing you have to think about is there's, Two huge relievers that this team is missing in Josh Taylor and Garrett Whitlock. So Garrett Whitlock, big loss. Both of them. I mean, to have a lefty like Josh Taylor not there puts way too much, <laughs> trust me, way too much pressure on Darwin's and Hernandez to be able to come in and be a consistent lefty option. 
out of this bullpen. And so reasonably, if you wanted to, based on current form, if they were to hypothetically both get healthy, one could account for that spot. The other would probably count for Bizarro to pull hmm. him out or Barnes. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, realistically, I think, yeah, that's probably the more likely option. Makes sense. But, LJ, um, let's talk a little about Toronto. They take care of business against Baltimore. They win 10-1. Vladdy hits his 47th home run of the season, an absolute nuke. Uh, Something I'll be watching for tomorrow with Vladdy. He's at a 997 OPS. Uh, Would need, like an extra base hit or two tomorrow to potentially get above a thousand OPS. It's a pretty big benchmark to be able to cross that. Uh, nonetheless, having a fantastic year, Toronto lineups fully in action now with Springer goes four for five today. And this, and it's not like they were facing the a bad Orioles pitching staff. I mean, John means took them out today and Sure, they have nothing to play for, but John Means has been pitching very well the entire year. Uh, John Means is trash. He's dead to me. As for what Toronto ends up doing pitching-wise, Alec Manoa, seven innings, one hit, one earned run, 10 strikeouts. Ross Stripling comes in for the last two, only allows one hit. They go nine innings, two hits, one earned run, and 10 Ks as a team. Dominance. Dominance. And... I guess this is uh, a good segue because, well, first of all, LJ, I should ask, is there anything you have on Toronto or just? Not not Toronto individually now, so we can keep going. They're just taking care of business. They're They're just just... pissing me off. All right. Well, it's a good segue into the fourth team that's in this race, the Seattle Mariners, who are currently winning three to one in the top of the eighth inning against the Angels. LJ, they lost last night against the Angels, a devastating loss. Had they have had they had won that game last night, this is a completely different wild card race uh, coming into today. But if the if the Mariners hold on and win, now we get into the fun part, LJ, which I know you've been waiting to talk about here. The Angels, or Jesus, the Angels lose and the Mariners win tonight, right? Yep. Austin and the Yankees are at 91 and 70. Toronto and Seattle are at 90 and 71. And we go into the last day with the chance that all four teams could be tied. Very good chance that all all four teams could be tied. (laughs) And then it's just chaos. We get game 163 and, and game 164 which would lead right into the start of the wild card game. Well, that's the thing. The wild card game would have to be pushed back, though. Wouldn't would you, it just would be... You, would, would you move it up? To, would you move the other one up to the Tuesday slot? Well, the wild card game's on Wednesday for the American League. Because um, I was looking into tickets to going, and I know I have an 8 a.m. on Thursday, and that was a big reason why I would not be attending I thought I'd read. I thought I'd read Tuesday when I did buy the tickets. Um, I'm pretty sure the wild card starts Wednesday. 
If it does it, then Tuesday, the AL is Tuesday, October fifth at eight oh eight. Oh. Okay. Um. Well then. I don't know what they do then because it's like national TV. Uh, it's well, chaos. I mean, and theoret theoretically, you could. Uh, no, that would be that would be weird too because they're on. They're on. Are they? They're not on the same channel. No, the ESPN, AL Wild Card game ESPN has the ESPN has the American League. That's right. How did how did I let myself forget about that torture? Um. But anyway, no, my point being, because you could have theoretically, if it was the same channel, just switched the games. You could pull, put, try to push the National League up. The other option that they could have is, would they have to do a neutral site doubleheader on, on Monday? I genuinely don't know what they would do. And they need to, I'm sure the MLB has a plan. They haven't announced it, but... Well, here's I'm rooting it's for like, chaos tomorrow. If if the Yankees lose, if the Yankees look like they're going to lose, I'm rooting for chaos. And if they look like they're going to win, I'm rooting for a three-way tie. Other than that, could care less. Honestly, you know, here. well, here's my statement. I do not want to be in the four-game tie. I think we can all agree. Brandon, you can agree on that as well with the Yankees. I don't want to be in one. However... If the Red Sox were to lose, I, I am rooting for Seattle tonight because if the Red Sox were to lose tomorrow, I would find it incredibly intriguing to be in a four-game tie. But, right. yeah, I'm not sure if they – yeah, they certainly – you shouldn't prepare for this type of plan because, like, what people could say is they shouldn't start before Wednesday in, in, event, in the event this happens. Well – Newsflash for you. Actually, wait, no, that also makes no sense because a three-team tie isn't accounted for in this at all. And a three-team tie is it take two days also. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not that unlikely either. I think what happens in a four-way tie, it's just like it two they would there'd be two games on Monday, and then the winners play each other Tuesday. Sure. Sure. Team Chaos is what we're on here, and we are... Oh, wait. No, 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 Brandon, we're being idiots. Okay. Okay. So, we have four teams competing for two slots. So, Team 1 plays Team 4, Team 2 plays Team 3 on Monday... And then the winners of those get the two slots in the wild card game, which is played Tuesday. Yeah, but there's no second tiebreaker game. How do you determine who gets home field in any of those games? Tiebreakers, same thing you would do normally. Okay. All I know is that in the MLB rule book, they have nothing stating what happens if there's a three way tie. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start a journey. Not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Or more. Wait, they don't have anything in the actual rulebook for this? No. So where did Jeff Passon get that information on the throughway? Someone time? from the league must have told him. That's the okay. Point. Well, I, I would assume that's the only way you can decide home field, right? Yeah, is, is the same way you decide, decide seating. If there was, if two teams tied for the number one seed, you'd do it by head to head, and then so on and so forth. So it just makes sense to me for it to be uh, be done like that. So there really isn't an issue with the way that this is going. However, if there was a three-way tie for the, if there was a, if there was a three-way tie for the second seed, or if there was a four-way tie for just the second seed, this league is totally screwed. And a three-way tie doesn't seem that unlikely now that we look at all this. Not at all. And LJ, I think it just goes to show, like, I think we had this conversation at the start of the season at least like at the end of April, end of May, there didn't seem like there was a lot of teams that were like pulling away from the pack. I think it was like through May, not a single team had a 600 winning percentage. Brandon, I'll ask you this right now. I mean, it would certainly solve a lot of these problems. Does baseball need more games? Please. <laughs> Please, No. I mean, we're already trying to add, we're already having to add a game 163. I mean, you might as well add another 10 games to the season, go 172, and then. Oh, great. So when so Oakland can get back in it. Yeah, great. <laughs> great. Just what we want. Talking, I forget. So let's go back. Somehow Cleveland would would win their la- their last ten in a row and also get into it as well. It would happen, LJ. It would happen. Six game tie, but realistically, if we took a month off the season, this also isn't an issue either. So, even if we take two weeks off the season, like just give them an if you give them an extra two days off a month, which seemingly is not a lot. <laughs> Really, it's not a lot. You give them two games off a month, we're not close to this situation. And the game, it would actually make the games matter a little more. Mm. Less games. What do you know, LJ? Remember the NBA? They played 72 regular season games last year because of COVID. Mm. Every game mattered a little bit more. We got better regular season basketball because of that. Maybe. When you're in August and it just seems like you've watched the same thing for the last however many months, maybe 
making the games more important in the regular season would increase, I don't know, ratings, quality of play. Just a thought. Just a thought. Just a thought. But I think more games would do the same thing. <laughs> uh, by the way, Shohei Otani just walked. It is first and second with no outs in the top of the eighth for the Angels. Uh, down by one run. And like two runs. Two runs, excuse me. Phil Gosselin is coming to the plate right now. Come on, Mariners. I mean, everyone's rooting for you. You haven't made the playoffs since you won 116 games in 2001 and then got beat by the Yankees in the uh, ALCS. Come on. You're they also need... like, in, you know, Brandon, you know the uh, three-headed dragon meme with the uh, one dragon that has the really dopey face? Mm. That's basically this team. So I mean, like that—that's just so fun to have them in there in the last game of the game. This team, honestly, do they deserve it more or less? They've—they've they've currently got a minus fifty-six run differential on the year. So in other words, their expected win-loss should be below five hundred by a lot. I believe twelve games. Or wait, no, I'm on the wrong. I am on the wrong page. I'm on September 2nd. Hold on. Bear with me. That is entirely inaccurate data. 49. So they're 10 games below 500. And yet they're about to, they're on the brink of their 90th win. So at the same time as like, that certainly doesn't make you feel like they should be in it. But to have a minus 49 run differential and still be able to get 90 wins, that's impressive. Because you're winning close games. The Mariners are actually the the epitome of overperforming their Pythagorean win-loss record, LJ. Um, Wonderful sentence. Yeah, uh, not sure I'd ever say that. In 2018, they go 89 and 73. Uh, they were projected to win only 47% of their games based on run, run differential. Instead, they won off 55. Back in what year was this here? Uh, 2009, they go 85 and 77, which means they won 52.5% of their games. Uh, they were only supposed to win 46.4% of their games. They just consistently outperform what their run of differential is, which means two things. Either one, they've always had a good bullpen, which I'm not doubting because Seattle just always seems to have a couple randoms out there that that can can get it done or two when they're losing they're losing by a lot of runs in those games which honestly i think it's a little bit of both absolutely i mean yeah that's the only way the only way you can get to that point is you're either getting blown out or you're getting like one two run leads oh no lj jared walsh just came up and i see in play Play runs first pitch no, please don't be a home run. I'm not, I don't have the game pulled up. Please, Jared Walsh, don't do it. Don't do it. Why is it taking so long to, ro- to load? They're trying to calculate the distance on it. Oh my God, LJ, he hit a home run. He actually oh. hit a home run. Well, this is interesting. All right, who do the Mariners have coming up though? Let's. LJ, they still have to get two more outs. That's okay. That's okay. It will be due up for Seattle. 
is uh, who ended last inning? Abraham Toro grounded out to end the seventh, which means it will be Jared Kleenex, Tom Murphy, and then Jake Fraley. Yeah, but what a guy to get the to, to lead off the bottom, the top, bottom of the eighth. LJ, oh, how do you, Paul Sewold? Come on, buddy, you had to give up a three-run home run to Jared Walsh. I'm Does actually, this is, I'm like, this is the worst sports day ever. Syracuse lost on a BS holding call, uh, and our coaches know how to manage the clock. The Yankees got blown out. The Red Sox and Blue Jays won. Tampa won their hundredth game on our field, and now the Mariners are doing their best. To, if the Mariners lose tonight, they're they're they're, they're done, out. right? They're yeah, done. They're out. If they oh, lose tonight, they're out. With that being said, I am part of me now. I'm so conflicted with this team. Um, I'm so conflicted with this Mariners team because I'm just looking for this for an amusing narrative at this point. Wouldn't it not be funny after the whole run differential thing we just talked about if? the Angels went on to put up like six more runs this inning and they ended up getting blown out in their elimination game. Like you got to admit that's. I just feel bad for Kyle Seeger, man. Like he's literally waited his entire career for meaningful games like this. You got to win them. Come on. I'm so disappointed. I that was literally I was joking when I said they were calculating the distance of his home run. I genuinely hadn't seen it yet. Oh, my heart is broken if they lose. Well, now I'm intrigued. That certainly fulfilled our Mariners live looking part of the schedule. LJ, while this game is making its way to the bottom of the eighth inning, let's talk about Jace Tingler, the Padres manager. A lot of news surrounding him today. Uh, Look, after a disappointing season, really high expectations, the Padres will be planning to part ways with Jace Tingler after only two seasons at the helm. Uh, John Heyman tweeted it out. The decision has not been confirmed by the club. They said the news of his firing is, quote, premature. So he's done. I mean, they're, they're going to let him manage tomorrow, and he's done. Uh, LJ, the Padres collapse in the second half. Uh, it's certainly been well-documented. I'm not sure if you had a chance to read that athletic article Uh it's all it, it came out today actually really goes deep into all the toxic behavior within the Padres front office the clubhouse that team genuinely it just fell apart like it gives me 2011 Red Sox vibes yep. seriously and I'm not sure what the expectations were for the 2011 Red Sox but that team on paper was pretty damn good. They were pretty damn high. Um, and yeah, look, I mean, I can and will blame guy, blame leaders like Manny Machado for this type of thing. But at the same time, there's one guy who's supposed to keep the player leaders in check, and that's the manager. And 
something has gone terribly wrong with this team. You cannot, with the talent level you had, with the expectations you have, you cannot fall as horribly short as they did and have it all go sour in such so little time. Also, um, just a heads up, it was 473 feet for Walsh, 110.7 miles an hour. 473? 473. He hit it to the moon. Oh, damn. Uh, LJ, quick stat on the Padres. Uh, through 54 games this season, they had a share of the best record in the league. They were 34 and 20. Since then, they've been 44 and 62. That's, that can't happen. Look, this back half of the year cannot happen. And it's not like anything, Ren, it has to be mostly internal because we have never seen in our lives, I, I don't think, a external blow to morale do something like this to a team. Like a lot of people, certainly, it was very easy to blame it a month ago when their struggles were just like, really bad, but there was still a chance they made the playoffs. It was very easy to blame it on the fact that they didn't get Max Scherzer, but the Dodgers got him in, instead, and that was a huge blow to morale. Look, in that situation, I, you could blame it on that. I don't think that's the case either way, but with the way that things never got better, it's it's horrible. Well, LJ, I think it's safe to say uh... – the spotlight's going to be on AJ Preller, the GM. I mean, this next manager that he ends up hiring could be his last hire uh, if they don't write the ship. I mean, the team, when you look at their future, <laughs> they've got two huge contracts for the foreseeable future that aren't really getting, I mean, the Tati deal, it's so backloaded that, you know, they're not really paying a lot there, but they have you Darvish for 20 million through 2023. Eric Hosmer, they have to pay through 2025. Will Myers, they're paying through uh, 22 million next year. Snell through 2023 for 16 million. I mean, there is just so many big contracts here. There's not really a lot of flexibility this offseason for them. I mean, they're going to make some moves. Every team ends up making a couple of moves, but Tommy Pham is a free agent after this year. He's on a $9 million arbitration right now. You figure he's going to want something similar to that. LJ, where does this team go from here? Sure, they got a couple good prospects. They got Mackenzie Gore. CJ Abrams won't be up for a few years. Uh, Ryan Weathers is certainly not bad, but LJ, it feels like they're just kind of like this roster they have right now, this is what they're locked in for for the next at least two years. Yeah, and it's a shame because the pitching will get better. Yeah. I, I firmly believe that adding Carlos Carrasco, getting... Um, you mean uh, Mike Clevenger? What, what did I say? Carrasco. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike Clevenger. Um, getting him back is huge. Um, Chris Paddock hasn't pitched the last 20 days and he had some issues before and uh the big one here is getting a full year out of Dinelson Lamet, and that's without even talking about a guy like Mackenzie Gore who should be coming up next year he would have come up this year if it weren't for injury so I think that is a plus for them 
But with that being said, they still don't have enough pitching to actually make me feel like they are going to be a contender. Because, yes, Joe Musgrove has, has pitched great. He 100% has been a positive on this team. But there are two guys that were both possibly considered to be their aces going into the year, and you Darvish and Blake Snell did not do it. They don't do it for me. They will not do it for a team that actually the team if they're actually serious about winning. You need somebody else. You need an, a different alpha than they what they've got. But it's not easy to just switch out. They're locked into that. That didn't work out, and they got to suffer through it for the next while. Where else can they go? Um, relief pitching. Yes. All right. Closer. Yes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they just need a couple more arms in there. I mean, they really don't have any lefties right now. They they have nothing out of the left-handed side in the bullpen. They can't mix and match any matchups. Well, Uh, well, Brandon, will it make you feel more comfortable knowing that Drew Pomeranz will probably be back? At some point, sure, sure. That's a good. That's a good guy to get back. That's a great but, addition back. That he, he. I mean, he was closing games for them a year ago. You still need the guy, though. You still need that lefty, especially in the National League. You do a double switch. You need mm-hmm. that lefty who can come in and pitch to pitch one batter to get you out of the inning, and then you can take him out and put in a fielder. You know, do whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, even American League teams do that. The Yankees right now, I think, have more lefties than righties out of their bullpen. And it's not even like left-handed pitchers that go for a long time. It's specialists. I mean, Wandy Peralta, Joely Rodriguez, Lucas Lickey are all lefty specialists. They can't pitch to right-handed batters very well whatsoever. Uh, and look, besides the bullpen, LJ, my main concern, sure, their pitching is going to improve. I I. I cannot see their pitching not improving. The big thing, LJ, this offense, what what are they going to do? They scored the 14th most runs this year. And you look at their their lineups that they've been putting out. What's going to change? What's changing? Other than the fact that they might lose Tommy Pham if they don't re-sign him. It's... I'm trying to find a way that this works without spending obscene amounts of money. Can just dump Which they don't really money. have to spend. Look, I guess you got to ask for internal improvement. I mean, can we, you certainly shouldn't be banking on the fact that, oh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to get better. He'll get better, but that's not going to be, he, he's so good already that any improvement is going to be marginal and having him for more games will help as well. But um let's overall look at who underperformed um for starters i think they will once again try to uh find a way to get out of eric cosmer yeah i mean he was a big name at the deadline that we thought was going to get moved but i just think no one wanted to take on his contract no but somebody else will next year there's a lot more money flowing around i think that's i really think that's a strategy for some of these teams i mean if you're the diamond if you're the say the diamondbacks sure you don't want to spend a ton of money but if you can get a decent prospect for taking on the contract of eric hosmer from this team i i think i think a good prospect is worth that investment uh other guys who you could arguably say disappoint 
disappointed this year. Can we say, or I, I don't think we can say that Jake Cronenworth disappointed, but I know there's more in him. So I, I thought he, you know, he I'm did, not going to give any flack to Jake Cronenworth. He, I'm not giving, I'm not trying to give him flack. I'm it's only saying, a second think, year in the league. I mean, this dude's been out. LJ's got five war. No, no, no. I know. But I'm, I'm saying, I, I think you look into those numbers. I could see him still improving, which is a plus. But the other guy here that I think is a wild card here is we've seen a million times over the Asian players, particularly the position players, get better with time. Ha Seong Kim, I genuinely do think, will end up much better in his second, third, fourth year here than he did this year. He certainly is going to improve from a 205, slash from 205, 271, 357. Like that, those numbers are going to go up. I think you're going to get much more value out of him next year as well. So that's a plus. There, my point being, there's a lot of room for internal improvement. The other guy, oh, speaking of improvement, you couldn't have a worse two months than Adam Frazier had for this team. So he's he's probably going to get back a little closer to what he was doing in Pittsburgh, I'd have to think. And that's a plus, right? I would hope. I mean, he's got arbitration for next year, and then he's a free agent. You know, some people I've seen arguing that he was never even very good in Pittsburgh. I saw a screenshot of his baseball savant the day he got traded. Uh, his Sure, he was hitting 320 or whatever. His expected batting average wasn't even in the top 50th percentile. People were saying that he was just getting extremely lucky with his hits, uh, not really having a lot of hard contact. And uh, I still think he's a good player. I mean, you you don't hit 320 if you don't have some sort of good bat to ball skills, but maybe he just regressed to, I mean, he's still hitting 304, but LJ, it's a 304 that just is not impressive. No, it's not because there's no, there was also no power to that. I'm actually kind of shocked to even see him above 400 slugging. Was he even that was he above 400 slugging for Pittsburgh? Because I remember seeing the power numbers and being like, "That's a problem." And and a game that's built on power now. I mean, Adam Fraser is your stereotypical like 70s leadoff hitter. Like this is the guy you want in your lineup in the 1970s. Uh, LJ with the Pirates, he had a 448 slugging. Padres 3.28 slugging percentage. Yeah. Okay. So. I, I neither one is great, especially when you consider that it amounted to total of five home runs this year. Five home runs, and in terms of extra base hits, thirty-five doubles is 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 all right. Uh, five triples is good, but five home runs. You know something's got to give at some point. And look to wrap up on the Padres here. It's. There's a lot that's going to be going on this offseason, you know, within the team. I suggest everyone goes and reads that, uh, the article in The Athletic just came out yesterday. Very, very informative, goes very in-depth as to what exactly the problems were uh, in that clubhouse and just, just to keep that in mind when you're when you're um, making your Padres predictions next year. 
A couple things. First on the Padres, a prediction of what's going to happen. This this termination will be announced before a game. Yeah. I'm dead sure on it. They will tell him before a game. What happened here is somebody inside the front office got word that he was going to be let go tomorrow morning and then leaked it out a day ahead. So it's a day ahead. So what's going to happen is they will announce this before three o'clock. He will get the entire day to say, say his goodbyes to everyone in the clubhouse and then leave peacefully. Also, Brandon. Uh, I'm watching the Mariners right now. Base is loaded. Oh no, they just, they're going to hand you a double play. Okay, uh, it was a ground ball to the shortstop. They threw out Jared Kelenic for the force out at home. Two outs with the bases loaded. I'll tell you, Jared Kelenic is going get, to get things off, started off well. And the um, Mariners are looking to challenge potentially. It was very close for the force out at home, and they're going to look at it. They have a challenge to use. Why not use it right here? Scott Cervais will be challenging that play. Uh, yeah. Okay, the other thing is that's the time that- run. The Dodgers do defeat the Brewers today to officially take the NL West division title race down to the final game. So clearly, I believe the Dodgers must have the tiebreaker for that. But or no, there's no tiebreaker on division. Does it does it say? On the, I wish it said on the MLB website somewhere. No, because we had a division. We had a division in game one sixty three a couple of years ago, didn't we? Yep, we did. Yeah. So yeah, uh, forgive us. We do know baseball. This is just such a foreign idea, playing extra games at the end of the year from any other. There's sport. already too many games. Like we. Yeah. Um. So bear with us as we keep remembering this rule. LJ, he might be safe. They might call him safe right here and tie the game. Let me see. He literally slid into the bat. The bat was in the way. LJ, I don't – oh, he's out. Wow. All right, it's still bases loaded with two outs uh, for the Mariners, down one in the bottom of the eighth. Certainly – It's going to be Mitch Hanniger who already has three RBIs today. Three, three for four, stepping into the box. I will be watching this as we – LJ, uh, actually, this is perfect because so – I was about I, to say – I talked about Adam Wainwright on the show. On um, No, can we re- uh, move over to something else real quick, though? Um, Very quick, yeah. As I, well, as I was saying before, um, the Dodgers win today. They tie that up – or they have a chance to tie that up tomorrow with a Giants loss – They've got Logan Webb on the mound. So that isn't certainly the most likely option with the way the Padres have been playing, but we'll certainly keep an eye out for that. Also very important here, Julio Urias, first first player in five years to win 20 games in the National League. Wow. Very impressive. With a 301. Brandon, how many Cy Young votes does this guy get? Well, 20 wins, that's very that, – that's very that's – In the 80s, he's Taken. winning a Cy Young. That's, that's pushing me towards taking him for the Cy Young. Oh, real quick, LJ, I have seen an overwhelming reaction to where people still genuinely think Max Scherzer is going to win the Cy Young. How? It's the name. But 
he's had 10 earned runs in his last two starts combined. It's you have name. to finish strong. It's the name. If if Corbin Burns doesn't get it, I, I'm I'm recording a two hour long podcast where I'm going through just how corrupt the Baseball Writers Association is in their voting. Because that would be ridiculous. Anyone who's watched the games this year clearly knows Corbin Burns has been the best pitcher, and it's not close. It, it's not close to me. Yeah, that's a good point, because you have to wonder how many guys don't take things seriously. How many know. guys don't watch the games? That's what like, I was going to say, is, like, there are plenty. I don't, I don't remember what the re-upping your vote requirements are after how long, but I know there's some very – there are some people that have been on the ballot a long time, people that aren't working working or working in baseball anymore. You can certainly question how many um, they've been to, they, they've, how many games they've watched, how, my, how much they've followed the league in the year, or if they're just circling names that they know. All right, three and two, two outs, bases loaded, Mariners down by one in the bottom of the eighth, Mitch Hanninger versus Steve Ciszek. I'll give the call here. Ciszek. CSEC looks in, gets the sign, and deals. Base hit in the left field. One run scores. The go-ahead run scores. Mitch Hanniger with a two-RBI single to give the Mariners a 5-4 to four lead in the bottom of the eighth inning. And T-Mobile Park is going wild. That is now five RBIs for him in this game. Five RBIs. Amazing. Amazing. Um, well, now the Mariners are in the lead, and I can put that on the back burner. LJ, do you, uh, because I talked a lot about Adam Wainwright on uh, the episode I recorded yesterday. Not sure if you saw the news. Gets a one-year extension. Uh, there's They don't have the exact contract details yet, but they said the number is at least $15 million. Really, the only thing I had to say about it was I'm happy that the Cardinals realized that that's in their best interest to bring him back. Uh, it's awesome. Good for yeah, the Cardinals, well, good for Adam Wainwright, not more than that. Well, yeah, I think there is no reason. Let's establish this it, this way. There is no reason in the world, especially with the pitching that they have there, how old it is, how much they need to really figure things out. They don't have a lot going forward in terms of that starting pitching that feels like you can trust it to be as competitive as they are right now. There's no reason for him to ever play a game in his career outside of St. Louis. With that being said, it also, there is also no reason he should be retiring right now. There, he has shown everything he possibly could want from him in the past two years to tell you that you can even get actually, I think you can argue that the 2020 season extended his career. He can get another couple of years out of this. I'd say more than one, two or I think he can get two or three more out of this. Granted the guy, of course, he falls off around 34, 35, 36. Not so not really great. Then all of a sudden he starts straightening himself out and we're now looking at back to back seasons of a 315 ERA or lower, a 125 ERA plus or higher. 
those are really good numbers, especially at 39. He's going to be one of those pitchers, those that Rich Hill type that's going to be able to pitch well into their 40s. And he's going to be doing it at a very high level, it looks like, as well. LJ, how many RBIs did you say Mitch Hanniger has tonight? Five. How many runs have the Mariners scored tonight? Five. All five RBIs. Yes. Comes coming up in a big spot, and the Angels and just which pitchers? 109 miles an hour off the bat went 125 feet. Yeah, uh, it was just like a hard ground ball in between the shortstop. Oh, also, now on the season, worth noting, has 100 RBIs on the dot. 39 homers, 100 RBIs. One of the most underrated players in the league, and it's just because he plays on Seattle. I mean, he's outperforming, I believe, in terms of home runs and RBIs, that might be more than Aaron Judge or the same amount of home runs and I think more RBIs. I'm going to yeah, check brings, really quick. That brings yeah, up, Judge has 97 RBIs and 39 home runs. So That brings up a very interesting point of what the heck do you do with this outfield long-term? LJ, it's a good problem to have, man. It's, it, great, it it's a great problem to have, but I think this had to be Ty France's year, or not Ty France, um, excuse me, Mitch Hanniger's year. He granted, eh, right now that I remember, he's only got one year left on his contract. He, he, this next year will be his sixth year of service time. So they may end up deciding to move him or move on from him, but they could just as easily try to bring him back on a team-friendly contract right now. And he certainly has deserved it. If, if we want to talk about the hypothetical where he stays here for they, he can stay here for another five years. He needed to be able to really show up this year and put on a performance that made this team want to keep him over some of these other guys they've got going, keep him in the lineup over a guy like um, Jared Pelenic. They've got Kyle Lewis still, of course. They've got Julio Rodriguez in the wings. There's a lot to love here if you're Seattle and you're outfield and if he's making himself inexpensive. Yeah, uh, Kyle Seager's hitting right now. He has 100 RBIs and 35 bombs on the year. I mean, for a guy who's his last season in Seattle, for everything this team has been through, LJ, I don't know if you, uh, this stadium right now is more than sold out. I mean, th this is like taking standing room only to its max capacity. This is one of the most electric crowds that I've seen in a while. Really happy that the Mariners uh, look like they're in line to win this. I'm not, I don't want to jinx anything. They're in the lead bottom eight. They just need three outs to close it out. Uh, and this is, Hopefully they live to see the last day. Seager with a blooper into center that's going to drop another run scores six to four Seattle. And sorry, the throw got away there, but bounced right back to the catcher. Uh, yeah, this is a conversation for another day. For tomorrow. But, well, it definitely even not then, but another day. <laughs> I think Seattle's got a real case for one of the more exciting cities to be a fan of right now you think about it you got the prime of russell wilson i'm not sure what other teams are really in competition get the prime of russell wilson seattle kraken baby first, first, first year. Yeah. 
you've got the Seattle Kraken coming in, and you've got the Mariners right on the on the rise. So this this city is ready to be excited about stuff, and they're proving it right now with this very competitive Mariners team. Also, I'm not sure how big the MLS is there, it's the, but the Seattle Sounders, well, the Sounders are. are one of the, oh my gosh, I completely forgot about them. Yeah, the Sounders are one of the most historically great MLS teams. They're in first place in the MLS right now. They have, uh, they're, they're in first place in the Western Conference. So a lot going for them. Absolutely. Christian Rodon. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all for listening. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, MLB Daily Pod. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. See you mañana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.